Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're glad you're here. Come stay a while. You can make shapes and objects with your sounds. Transmissions from a smile. We're glad you're here. Come stay a while. You can make shapes and objects with your Hello, hello, and welcome back to Crystal Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am Java Bean J. Oh, that's why you were pointing at the cup. <laughs> uh, so we replaced our intro just for this episode because it's a very special one. But what was that song we heard? Or what was that an excerpt of? That's an excerpt from Trevor Moore's My Computer Just Became Self-Aware. But that specific part will come up later in this episode. Yes, it will. So very just much think indeed. about it. Yes. Think about it while we do our front of house stuff. You ready, Jay? I was born ready. Are you? Yes. So I want to give a shout out to our Aussie listeners. Officially just became our second biggest group of listeners. Oh, I thought you said Aussie like Ozzy Osbourne. No, like, like Australians. <laughs> Aussie. Aussie. So thank you guys. It's It means the world. It's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, That's nuts. I never thought we'd be on the charts in a different country. like On, on another hemisphere. Another hemisphere. Another continent. Halfway across the world. Whether they exist or not. Just kidding. We know you exist. They better exist. I'm not sure Sweden exists. <laughs> yeah. Still waiting on some artwork. That's true. We got we got people in Sweden and now in Australia. That's like literally the literally, opposite ends of the earth. Yes. That's awesome. What if we try to do a live call with them? It'd oh. be midnight. It would be noon. It'd be 6 p.m. We're connecting everyone on the earth together. That's what this is all about. <laughs> we're glad you're here. Just come, come stay, stay a while. while. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song. But no, yeah, it's a great song. Check out Trevor Moore's stuff. He's passed away now, but it's great yes, music. Yeah, unfortunately. One of my heroes, he's he's gone. Uh, so front of house stuff real fast. Live show, uh, April 22nd, Post Town Elementary, Haunted Location. Doing that with Hillbilly Horror Stories. Buy your tickets. Yes. Get him come hang out. That is April 2nd. April 2nd. No. That's not right. April 22nd. 22nd. You said it right the first time. April 1st is... It's Encounter Quest. Yeah, I get all confused. Anyway, I'll get to that in a second. Yes. April 22nd. Buy your tickets. Link below. Is that dyslexia? Yes. New shows. We got all kinds of new shows. Links will be below. Uh, the U- We have a YouTube giveaway going out right now. It ends March 20th. Yep. So make sure you go check that out. Check- it's a YouTube exclusive giveaway. Yep. Check out our YouTube page. and Subscribe. Have some fun. Yeah. There's all kinds of cool content on there. Leave a comment for us. Uh, Encounter Quest vote is still open as of this episode when this comes out. So be sure to vote for what cryptid you want us to talk about at Encounter Quest. Jay's yeah. super excited. Yeah, please vote so we can, uh, you know, get ready and prep for this. This is our first speaking event, correct? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. We don't even have a topic yet. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. You don't know what the topic is until you get here in the studio most True. of the time. It's good on the fly, mm-hmm. you know? But no, you'll have to rehearse for this one. I know. Uh, Frogman Fest is coming up March 4th. Super excited. We have some out-of-staters coming, so that's going to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, Once again, if you're coming to a show, let us know. We try to learn everybody's names and faces and stuff. It just makes it more personable when you get to meet us. Yeah. Uh, We we wouldn't be having any of this without you guys, so we like to make as good of an experience for you as possible. Yep. We appreciate you guys, so come see us. Say hi. Yeah. If you want to contact us, the best way right now is email. I'm not doing any bookings anymore through Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. It just got too difficult to keep everybody straight. So please email us, and it's at cryptosofthecornpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, the old email will work, too, if you have that, but I'm not going to read that out here. I still have both uh, open. How about reviews, Jay? Ooh, we got some new reviews, don't we? Have we four. Four new reviews? Woo! All right, let's. I want to read them. Some old friends and some new ones. Ooh, okay. And then one that uh, Apple tried to hide from us. Literally, I seen it, and then it disappeared, and then reappeared this morning. Hmm. So Nefarious Apple. Yeah. But I, I got it the first time before it disappeared. Okay, sweet. Uh, so, Ray Goff, yeah, he says, great stuff. Lots of info here, and the hosts are doing a great job. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate yeah, you. Thank you, Ray. Short and simple and sweet. I like it. Mr. Slimmer. Ooh. You, we actually know these people. Okay. This is Austin and Rick. Uh, we love listening to you guys. Can't wait to hear and hopefully see more. 
and he gives a little spaceship emoji. Thank you, Austin and Ricky. Hopefully Austin we get to, and Ricky. Hopefully we get to meet you guys again. Oh yeah, we're I'm sure hang we out. will. I'm sure we will. Yeah, Austin's got to come up to the studio to learn how to do this stuff. Take our job. <laughs> uh, next one is by J R A four seven seven six. Okay. Um, but yeah, heard you guys on the Confessionals, Appalachian Intelligence, Coonan and Confidentials, Uncomfortable, and probably a bunch of other shows. I'm sorry it took so long to get here, but I'm glad I did. Great contact content fascinating subjects interesting conversations thank you for what you do five stars definitely recommend well we're glad you're here come now, stay a while yes thank you no thank <laughs> you and i know there's a lot of great podcasts out there so anytime you listen to us we greatly appreciate it oh yeah every single time thank you so much uh once again i said this review did disappear but i did found it oh. find it it's from utah mr milo's love your podcast it is my favorite when I started listening to it, I fell in love with cryptids. Please look into cryptids from Utah. Oh, There's some good ones. Okay. Including the Utah Flying Oysters. Oh, that is probably a good one of one. my favorite cryptids. We haven't got really we touched on it a little bit. We're purposely we avoiding it. Yeah. Because it's going to be a part of our live show. Mm, okay. So there's a hint for everybody that's coming to the live show. Yeah, and Counterquest. Uh, it's a very cool story that I finally found actual names for. Finally. Uh thank you, Milo. Yes, yeah, thank you, Milo. All right, now new Patreons. New Patreon members. All right. Uh, I think we have, we're have up to three or four Australians now in Patreon, so thank you, guys. Uh, Mark B., Sammy G., and Tom Sorbets. Thank you, guys. Thank you, all of you. Mark, I'll say it one more time because I kind of read them fast. Mark B., Sammy G., Tom Sorbets. I know Sammy's an Australian. I don't know if the other two are. I've talked to a bunch of them. We're up to like 40-something people in Patreon, so it's... Well, thanks, mate, for joining the Patreon. Oh, yeah. There we go. Get Scare my them off. Australian flair that they hate me now for. No, at least I'll tell you what. The Australians take a joke. The French do not. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you they know, do not. And Australia gave us Steve Irwin, and that's one of my most, the, my hero yeah, forever. Amazing man. Yeah, a true wildlife activist. Yeah. Before this comes, St- still even post what is post mortem? Is that what you, how you say it? I, uh, I don't know. Whatever that word is. He's still affecting the world, exactly. and his kids are doing great. That's awesome. Yep. All right. So now we got through all that stuff. I have a favor for all of our listeners. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say me. No. <laughs> that comes later. No, I want something from you guys. Oh, you did tell me about this. Yes. I put it in the script so I wouldn't forget, but this is the perfect episode for it. That's true. i seen this on TikTok, and I want it for conferences. I want to wear this, and... I will pay for it. I will trade you conference tickets. I will trade you Crypt as a Corn merch. Pretty much whatever you want, depending on the value. I want this. I want an Amida mushroom hat. Repeat that one more time. The big red and white mushrooms. So people make all of our cosplayers and stuff. I seen one that was giant and they wear it. It had gills and everything underneath it. It looked just like the top of a mushroom they were wearing. I have a large head. So if you make this for me, I will make it worth your while. If If you really want to like be the one to make it. We'll send you the measurements of his head. I'll measure I, his head. I, I think it, I think I'm an 18. Okay, you already know. Well, I used to buy really nice hats when I used to show horses. Oh, okay. So that's okay. the only reason I really knew because we'd have to buy custom hats. Okay, makes sense. Uh, I think I'm an 18 or I'm a 16. I don't remember. Does that include the hair? No, I'll I'll cut it off for the hat. Oh, okay. I'll be wearing the lab coat and the freaking mushroom hat. You're gonna have like eight. I found them for I up. found them for sale. So I know I can buy them, but I'd rather have it from a listener. Ooh, yeah, more personal. I think it would be. Uh, so yes, please let me know if you guys can make that. All right. Speaking of mushrooms, let's talk about the topic. What is our topic today? Sentient mushrooms. We're going to talk about mushroom intelligence. Mm, they got brains. It's odd. It, In a way. I, it, I know. It's I, My whole first paragraph is just explaining on how the nerve system-ish. It's not a nerve system but how it works, because it's very different in a mushroom. They have thoughts, feelings. We'll get to that. There's been a lot of tests of intelligence. But first, let's talk about how mushrooms process information. And I want to say this at the top. I am not an expert on mushrooms. You're not a mycologist? I'm not a mycologist. Uh, but I read a lot of papers. Uh, a, lot of, a, lo- a lot of great mycologists live in Ohio. Uh, and we may reach out to them. Ohio's just got everything. It is. It, Ohio is the most... So for biology... Ohio is the most biologically surveyed area on the planet. Mm, interesting. And it's because most of the big branches of biology started here in Ohio. Mm, see, we're the heart of the country. It's like uh, Troutman is the famous fish biologist before fish biologists existed. 
His last name, his name was, was Troutman. Oh I know. My he was born for it. Not spelled like Trout, but it was Troutman. Close enough. Uh, but literally, like the the father of modern fisheries biology is Troutman. Yeah, and he's from Ohio, <laughs> and he has got a famous spot nobody's allowed to go to. It's called Troutman's Riffle. Oh, that's sweet. I um, want a spot. I may have been there. I may have known somebody been there. Oh, Jimmy Woo. Yeah, Jimmy Woo. But no, back to mushrooms. Uh, once again, I'm not an expert. But let's talk. So there's hyphae and there's mycelia. I've said mycelia before. Yes. But hyphae are the individual strands that make up the mycelia network. Okay. So if anybody, to get this kind of picture at home, imagine if you threw a whole bunch of cables under, like on the floor, a whole bunch of big uh, like electrical wires. Like headphone, tangled headphone yes, wires. Yes, like, like in the studio. Yeah. Uh, but no, so the whole floor is covered in electrical cables. Inside the electrical cables are a bunch of bundles of individual wires. Yeah. So hyphae are the wires. Mycelia mm. is the cable. That makes sense. That's a good okay. way to put it. I tried. Just and yeah. then hyphae are not like, it's hard to explain because like we have a central nerve system. Mm-hmm. We have a vascular system that carries oxygen and nutrients. We have all these separate systems. Right. They don't. It's just one it's thing. It's all one thing. Hyphae do it all. They transport water, nutrients, and they act just like a nerve system to transport data across the body. Seems efficient. It's very different. Yeah. Uh, so efficient, I wouldn't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. By efficient, I mean they're doing all in one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So It's like, it's like having the... But when you look at all in one, you know, it's kind of the jack of all, master of none. Yeah, I guess so. It's like so having it, the three-in-one shampoo bottle. You yeah, know? it's not great for any of them, but no, it does it. But it does it all. One-stop so, shop. Yeah. But we're going to talk about... It just, it's weird. They act just like a nerve system. And so if anybody... I'm going to refer to it as their central nerve system, even though they do not have one. Okay. Just to make it simpler for everybody at home. Right. So I don't want any emails saying it's not a nerve system. I'm aware. Oh, you're going to get It's on. a hyphy system. Yeah. But we're going to... For this, it's going to be a, a nerve system. Now we're going to talk about test for intelligence. So I am not by any means the first person to think mushrooms are sentient or intelligent in some way. Hundreds and hundreds of studies and tests have been made. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, it was crazy. But there was one that just came out two years ago that I really wanted to touch on. Uh, Nicholas P. Money is the name of the uh, professor of biology and the Western program director of the Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Okay. Literally an hour and a half from us. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Uh, Zach Alley, if you're listening to this, I believe Zach went to Oxford. I know. Or I grew up by Oxford. I don't remember. I have a couple of friends that went to Oxford. Zach, I'm calling you out. But he just wrote a book, uh, Nature Fast, Nature Slow, How Life Works in Fractions of a Second and Billions of Years. Mm. Specifically, he was using mushrooms for that because it's just a really... Well, they've been around forever. Yes. So... That's a good thing to study. So I have an excerpt from his study uh, because it's uh, it's very very well written. I'll put I'll try to remember to put the link below if you guys want to read the full thing. But I have just a couple pages of his stuff, so we're just gonna read it nice and easy. Uh, I know this is gonna. I'm trying to do all the information up front, and then we're gonna get into the cryptid and paranormal angles. Right. Believe me, there are paranormal angles to this stuff. You ready? Oh, I was. Yes. Here's how he starts his article. Just what are mushrooms? It turns out that this question doesn't have a simple answer at all. Most our mushrooms are a reproductive organ. Our mushrooms are reproductive organs by fungi to spend most of their uh, fungi that spend most of their life below ground and form microscopic filaments called hyphae. These hyphae in turn branch into form colonies called mycelia. Mycelia spread out in three dimensions in the bodies of dead insects, or they feed on the bodies of dead insects uh, and other animals. They feed on roots, wood, rotting leaf litter and even the soil itself. Each of these hyphae in the mycelia in the tube are filled with pressurized fluids. They extend it at the tip. So it's very, so this mm. is me talking now for a second. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to how octopus arms work. Oh, okay. And we have in a couple of weeks a Patreon episode coming out about octopus being from space. Space octopus. Like, there's a lot of biologists until the 40s believed it. Uh, they have, it's called dark, or dark DNA. It, it's really weird. They're biologically speaking, they're very weird, just like mushrooms. But back to mushrooms. The material that powers the elongations are converted into little are the elongations are converted into little packages called vasculars. These motions was guided along the interior system of rails by proteins and operating motors. Uh, so literally, kind of imagine a pipe system, a hydraulic system. Yeah. And they have little valves going along the way to help control the, the passage of liquid. Where it goes. And but it's hydraulic. Right, So these yeah. tentacles, they're actually, uh, these hyphae are acting like tentacles. 
not just roots. Okay. Once again, mushrooms are much more close related to animals than they are plants. Plants, right, yeah. Most, yeah. Uh, a good chunk of biologists think that animals came from fungi, hmm. that were a branch off. Maybe octopus actually did. Don't ruin my story. Okay. The speed and direction of the hyphae extension, as well as the positions of the branch formations, are determined by the pattern of vascular delivery. The growth, in, uh, the growth mechanism responds second by second to changes in temperature, water availability, and other opportunities and hardships imposed by the surrounding environment. So, pause right there. That means that these things are constantly taking in data from their environment and making split-second decisions on which way to grow. Hmm. So kind of think of it as a worm moving really slow through the soil. Yeah. But literally, they are getting, and I'm going to talk about a study here in a second you did with heat and memory. But they are making decisions, split second, of which way to grow, how to shape, go up, down, left, right, all this stuff. So right there, he's proven some form of intelligence. Based on whatever info they're gathering around their environment. They're making a decision. Yeah. Whether it's a program, like thinking more like a computer decision, where there's not really thought behind it. It's like left, right, center kind of deal. Yeah. You know, it just is picking it. Kind of the best route for it. Yeah, is that conscious decision or not? Is it is going to be the question later? Ooh, is it action or reaction? Yes, thank you. That's better. There we is, go. Yeah, hyphae can direct ridge or detect ridges on surface, uh, growing uh, growing around obstacles. They can deploy a patch and a repair system if they are damaged. These actions draw upon an array of protein sensors. It's signaling pathways that link the external physical and chemical inputs to cellular responses. The electronic activities of the cell are also so sensitive to change in its environment. Osculations and voltage across the hyphae membrane have been linked to nerve impulses in animals, hmm. but their function is, in fungi is poorly understood. Hyphae react uh, to, uh, to confrontment to aligning with their growth rates, becoming narrow and branching off less frequently. The fungi will adapt to the texture of the soil, the anatomy of the plants and animal tissue it pushes ahead of it, and foraging for food. It's not thinking in the sense of a brain of an animal thinks, but a fundamental mechanism that allows a hyphae to process information are the same ways that our body works. Mm. So it's very odd. They're, but they're making all these decisions on, and they'll even change their fungi array or their, their hyphae array on what kind of animal or plant they're trying to decompose. Oh, okay. Well, they probably had millions of years to figure it out. Yes. 813, <laughs> 813 million years is our first mycelia fossil that's ridiculous now how do they know that like for sure how do they know it's that old well, so day one uh earth formed day two there was mushrooms okay <laughs> yeah nobody really uh, just say we're here hmm maybe they i don't know i don't know they were just here hanging yeah. out we'll get there later we'll we'll discuss that they're angels Ooh. god put on the earth to watch over us Ooh. <laughs> we'll get there later. It's a good thought. Uh, we tend to associate consciousness and intelligence with the appearance of uh, willfulness and intention. This is a decision-making results in a particular behavior or outcome. Whether or not humans have free will, we take actions that seem willful. Uh, she finishes her coffee where she fin- uh, her friend lifts her cup. Uh, it's half full. It's just kind of, it's, I, don't, I don't get it, but it's kind of how he's trying to express that. Is that a decision or not? I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, fungi express similar versions of individuality behaviors uh, all the time. Patterns of branches are formed in the fungal colony, assuming a unique shape because the precise timing and position of the branches emerging of the hyphae vary. This variation isn't due to genetic differences, since identical colonies from a single parent fungi have been created uh, colonies with unique shapes entirely. Although that the overall form of highly or is highly predictable, the detailed geometry is usually in er, in. Oh, sorry, unpredictable. Mm. Each mycelia is like a snowflake with the shape arising to one place and one time in the universe. So what he's saying there is even though that they are genetically the same. Right, their makeup. Are they're, they're completely reacting differently. Yeah. Uh, it's unpredictable. Mm. Almost like, yeah, they're just reacting to their own environment and they're creating themselves uniquely like an to that, yeah, to that like, area. You know, a mountain lion in Florida and a mountain lion in uh, arizona may be similar Ooh, i got a fish comparison okay like a walleye in lake erie compared to a walleye in minnesota there you go very different even though they're very similar animal they're the yeah. same animal and very different behaviors in lake erie the water's a lot more shallow and they're a more greenish walleye where up in minnesota the lakes are a little deeper a little colder they're dark like mm-hmm. a dark deep dark walleye there you go good job there you go 
fungi also show evidence of learning and memory. Hmm. Okay. So we're getting into some good stuff here. So they remember things? We're going to get to there. Okay. Working with funny fungi isolated in grassland soils, German mycologists measured the effect of temperature change and the growth of mycelia. When heated up quickly for a few hours, the mycelia stopped growing completely. When the temperature was reduced again, they bounced back uh, for an episode or for an episode by forming a series of smaller colonies in different spots across the original mycelia. So they turned up the heat. It stopped growing. Right. When they turned off the heat, it sputted a bunch of little colonies everywhere. Okay. Meanwhile, a different set of mycelia were exposed to mild condition or mild temperature stresses before the application of more severe temperature shock. Colonies that have been primed in this way resumed normal growth very swiftly after severe stress. They continued their smooth uh, exploration rather than recovering here and then forming a smaller colony. This outcome suggests the, develop, or the development of some defensive mechanisms to enable them to brush off more severe stresses. Mm-hmm. The fungi retain the biological memory for up to 24 hours after the mild temperature shock, but forget it soon afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then they succumb to additional heat stress as if they had learned nothing. Okay, so they, they can remember its short-term memory, basically. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, the, single, the single-celled fungi present at beakers and brewers' yeast has also been shown to have capacity for cellular memory. So the stuff we make beer out of has memory. That's weird. <laughs> Wait, yeast. Yeast is a, a yes. fungi? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I know that? I don't know. Huh, okay. Yeast primed by salt exposure becomes uh, better to response to any other kind of chemical stress that follows. Uh, memories appear to be present in this microorganism, but filament or filmus fungi are particularly interesting because mycelia can spread over large areas and transmit information over extremely long distances through their hyphae. So keep in mind, think of Bob. He's going to come up later again. Mm -hmm. We're not doing a mushroom episode without talking about Bob. Right, you have to. That's very different from learning and memory with populations of dispensed cells. Decomposing fungi that rot wood manifest the information transit by a fan out of breath of the leaf litter, searching for dead and damaged trees, fallen branches, and other sources of food. When one part of the mycelia finds some woody debris and nutrients, uh, the nutrients are extracted and distributed across the whole colony, which focuses its growth away from the barren to more fertile locations on the forest floor. The mycelia is operating as more than a simple sum of individual hyphae. It is an intelligent multicellular organism. Mm. So all that's saying is that the whole, like, when we think of Bob specifically, 220 acres, or 2,200 2, acres, sorry. It's a big mycelial network. He, when he's feeding on an area, they'll stop feeding on other areas and focus more on the areas with good food. Okay. Oh, I, here's a random thought, but are mycelia and hyphae, like, uh, proportionate to their size? You know, like, do hyphae get bigger as the mycelia get bigger? Or is it all like relatively the same size? I think mycelia can get bigger, but hyphae are always going to be the same size. So you think like hyphae and bob are the same size as the hyphae and... Really? It's like cells in a blue whale versus cells in the human body. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Even though the body's bigger, the cells are the same Same size. They just have more cells. Okay. Okay. That's pretty cool. So mycelia are kind of like a bundle of hyphae. Right. So the mycelia can probably get bigger. I'm going to say the hyphae stay the same size. Because they need to extract nutrients. So they need to stay small to break stuff apart. Makes sense. If they get too big, then they can't actually do their function. So you think they'd have a lot more hyphae then? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, cool. And in my mind, I'm thinking of hyphae as like almost like one brain, like a giant brain, like itself. It's just, that's what the hyphae is. But the brain can also like move fluids, lift things. It's weird. That's in my head. That's kind of how I'm picturing it. It kind of is. Or imagining it. it. It's it's, it's very hard. And I only... I'm going to speed up through this article so we can get to the fun stuff. But I'm going to skip to his complex symbiosis, uh, this complex symbiosis talking about the root system of trees integrating with fungi. Mm-hmm. So this complex symbiosis relies on continuous chemical communication between fungi and the plants that affect the, bo- or the development of both partners. Uh, Mitochrosians support the uh, productive or the productivity of the entire ecosystem, spurring some fungi enthusiasts to uh, rename forest as superorganisms connected by the wood the wood wide web <laughs> of fungi. 
That's what they called it. The like wood wide web. How trees, like the root yeah. system communicate. So they're uh, starting to say that this whole, the whole <laughs> forest is one living organism gotcha. because it's all being interconnected by the fungi. Which that is true in the case of Bob, right? Yep. Okay. And we have a lot to talk about for Bob. Okay. Uh, for stars, it does, it does uh, selectively kill off trees, but unlike the internet, fungi generates their own information through activity uh, with their vegetational partners. Mm. Secondly, the computer uh, metaphor, I kind of skipped over, but he compared it to the, the World Wide Web again. Uh, but, sorry, the computer the computer metaphor adapted by those who attribute supernatural properties to the fungi, which is one reason why fungal behavior has often been wrongly re- regulated to the fringe of real science. Mm-hmm. So why a lot of scientists are ignoring it is because there's a lot of hippies trying to jump on the movement, is what mm-hmm. he's saying. I get it. It happens. And, you know, and this is kind of where it crosses over, not into, well, kind of like the paranormal or even cryptid side of things. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. Yeah. So his final thoughts, fungal or fungal expressions of consciousness are certainly very simple, but they do align with the, in, uh, the arrangement of consciousness that while a human mind might be particularly into, uh, like thinking simple, it's typically that of the cellular mechanism. So basically he's saying there's a chance that they're consciousness, but it seems like it's much more simpler than what we would consider consciousness. Right. Just almost like a reactionary. Sorry, I mumbled through that because there's some big words I can't read. <laughs> it's just almost like a, a reactionary response rather than a conscious thought responding, yes. like acting upon it, which I you know we see that in, in nature a lot. Um, not just dealing with us, but... I'm trying to think of a good example besides I mean, a even animals. Yeah, exactly. Just like, have reactionary stuff before mm-hmm. they think. Mm-hmm. The thinking a lot of times in most animals comes second. Right. Yeah. Like a, um, the only thing I'm thinking of is like a deer um, when it's like sitting in the ditch and you're driving by in the car and it just like freezes. <laughs> Sometimes it, you know, if it had a conscious thought right then and there, it would be booking it like leaving gone because there's this uh, metal death machine with bright lights flying at you. But sometimes it just freezes. Sometimes it takes off. Sometimes it runs directly into your car. It's just a reaction. It's just, it's not really consciously, it is consciously thinking, but it's just reaction. Got to move. And sometimes it moves right in the wrong direction. (laughs) So I have another quick article before we get into just fun. Uh, But this is from uh, another expert from the other side of it. So I think this guy's more of our hippie scientist. Okay. Uh, His starts, and this is just another excerpt. Uh, mycelia are the real stars of this story. According to fungal expert Paul Stant, I can never say his name, Statment. Statments? Paul Statments. He's the famous guy. He's okay. been on Joe Rogan like a hundred times. Oh, okay, okay. Mycelia are highly intelligent structures. That's right, intelligent. They, they spread out and respawn, forming massive networks. Mycelia are made up of rigid cell walls which allow them to move through the soil in tough environments. They're capable of breaking down structures in nature that are holding up to 30 times their mass. Mycelia also extend to areas in which fungi that attached or that attracted can find water and nutrients. In fact, uh, Paul refers to the mycelia as the extended stomachs, lungs, and neurological membranes. So it's like what we talked about. They're all in one. Right, yeah. Most importantly, mycelia can attach themselves to roots of plants, forming symbiotic relationships with them. Fungi are nature's are nature known as micro. I can never say this. Microbial, microbial fungi. So these are the fungi that attach itself to plants and animals and stuff like that. Now, is this um, not to jump? Well, it's on subject. Um, is this like the same thing that takes over those bugs? That is, would be a that would be a, a part of this kind of. Are those? Is that fungus? Or yes, that? it's a fungus. Okay, okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah. That's what's going to happen if the last of us. What do they do? Like they take over like a grasshopper's head and make it jump into the water. And... So what they they want no they want them to climb as high as possible to spread their spores the most. Uh-huh. Okay. So they eat on the fungus and it, it hijacks their central nerve system and just drives them around like a car. That's pretty sweet and mm-hmm. kind of scary. There's a worm that does it too. It's like those things from Futurama, the brain slug. Yes. Things. <laughs> uh, so by by attaching their mycelia to extending plant root systems. These fungi have created a massive underground neural network that the plants and fungi use to communicate. Researchers show that these fungi are capable with about ninety percent of are compatible with about ninety percent of land plants. Mm, okay. 
So these fungi can hijack 90% of land plants. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, I'm going to say that 10% is probably cactuses. Yeah, there ain't much going there on. There ain't much going on. So it's like, all right, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> oh. uh, so what does it mean for these structures to be connected? According to Paul, it literally means the Earth's natural internet exists right beneath our feet. Think of the plant fungi uh, neural network in terms of how humans created internet. Uh, mycelia and the fungi are capable of collecting intelligence and transmitting it to corresponding plants and their neighbors, whatever they are connected to, really. The intelligence includes information about how to survive and fight diseases, warning from nearby dangers, and guiding and raising a plant's host defense. So, yeah, that's something that happens, too. They'll actually, they can kill or they can defend Protect. or boost yeah. the plants above them. Hmm. And they can also tell them how to fight certain diseases. Like if a disease pops up, like Bob's forest is incredibly healthy because if a disease pops up, he'll figure out how to fight it in that tree and then he'll spread that information to every tree. That's nuts. So it's it's incredible. Uh, mycelia are also act as a kind of mother that allows transmission of nutrients along uh, interconnected plants. Hmm. So if one trees are trees in a certain area starting to struggle, it'll take nutrients from the other trees that are doing good and feed them. It just made me think of like uh, in video games, it's like a buffer. You know, like a, a buffer trait. You know, it'll either help or boost your team, or it can just, just yes, it's an equalizer. A negative effect on your team. So let's talk about a simple cubic inch of soil. Okay, that's pretty small. How many miles of mycelia networks do you think are in a cubic inch of soil? Mycelia or hyphae or mycelia? Well, I guess it's both. No. In a cubic inch, that's like this big. It's like an ice cube. Yep. How many miles? I may have misled you with miles, but how long do you think? How many, how many feet or whatever? You can guess whatever number you want. Just one mile. How about that? You think one mile? That's a lot. I know it is, but you said miles. <laughs> Eight. Eight miles? Eight miles of mycelia network can be found in a cubic inch of soil in the U.S. In my mind, I can't even. Eight miles. I can't even comprehend that in my head. Like I think three or four cubic yards could make it to the moon. This doesn't even make sense to me. So that's how. Think about it. All the wires. Literally, they are everything. My brain. They is know everything you do. I feel like you know my circuit board, my motherboard, just burnt up my brain. <laughs> I can't even picture that in my head. It's so crazy. So it's like really small. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to be if you're gonna fit eight miles in a cubic inch. Where's the dirt? <laughs> it. That's the thing. It doesn't exist. It's just mycelia. Oh my gosh! You, you, we, people. If you see a mushroom outside, just, just talk to it. Be nice. Be, be nice to it. Be nice. We're going to get to them. It will decompose you and eat you or hijack your brain. And they are so important for the life cycle. It's it's weird because here in the U.S. specifically, we don't talk about death a lot, but death is such a big part of life. It literally is what oh, yeah. it is. It is a part of life. Death springs life. And when we, we're also going to talk about mushrooms and their role in life as death. Mm, I gotcha. Their role is to keep the cycle going. Man, I finally figured out the shape of the earth now. Mushroom? It's a giant. We're on a top of a mushroom. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Space is just mycelia networks. Yep. Oh, it's yeah. It's mycelia uh, energy impulses. <laughs> All right. So that's that's pretty top-heavy stuff. I don't, I don't like reading a lot anymore, so I'm trying to... The last thing I'm going to do is mushrooms singing. They sing? Yes. Anyone record it? Yeah. It's a, you've heard it before. It's the synthesizers. Oh, it's those. Yeah, yeah. I was so, going to say, what's the album name? Artist and composer, and he's not from the U.S., so I'm going to try to say his name. Taran Nara. Okay. Taran Nara. Uh, he creates and performs music using a molecular modern bio or molecular modern biology plugging mushrooms into a synthesizer and writes music using the electrical waves that the funky produces to achieve this sound he puts electrodes on the mushrooms and wires them up to the soundboard allowing the electric signals to flow through the plant or through the fungi and trigger the synthesizer before turning them into sounds a human can hear Naran also uh, has written music with watermelons cocos <laughs> mushrooms and cactuses but he is raving about mushrooms that they have such more of a melody than any plant. It's funny he said cactuses after we were just talking yeah. crap about. The unique ability <laughs> to transform electric or electric waves from mushrooms into other objects has given uh, Naren enough juice, if you will, 
to release an album of all these sounds. Oh, he does have an album. Yes. <laughs> oh, there's an album. You, know, you can buy an album of these mushroom sounds from him. If you guys uh, haven't heard the mushroom, just like YouTube, Google, mush- Synth- mushroom synthesizer. synthesizer. Yep, you'll get a, a bunch of it. But that is literally them thinking and talking. Uh, and he is also, there's a biologist that works with him. They've also proven that they respond heavily to stimuli. Like when you cut a piece of them off, they oh, react completely different. Yeah, I've seen that one. Uh, when you give them food and stuff like that, they react mm. different. So that's all my articles for you. Now you ready for the wild? Oh, that wasn't even the wild part? No. Oh. I got stuff you don't even I know. I just got stuff for you don't even know about since it didn't play at the top of the episode. Ah, uh, true. We got to get it in there. All right. They so, ate a shark? They ate a shark. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bob. Once again, I just got to do this real quick. Bob is incredibly large. Yes, give them the quick overview of Bob. For any listeners that are new or you know haven't heard us yet, Bob is big. Bob is a giant. In mice- Oregon, yes, state park in Oregon. Yeah, I think it's Oregon. Yeah, it is. Uh, Bob is two thousand two hundred acres squared, but he is controlling an entire state forest on his back, mm-hmm. uh, or national park. I'm sorry, the national park. He is integrated into every tree, every plant, and some insects in his environment. He has been proven to kill off sections of the forest to promote prairie growth to re-nutrify the soil. He has a completely balanced and healthy environment on his back if humans would leave it alone. Mm. How Bob was discovered is they dug a borehole in like the 30s, and they came back the next day and 100 acres of forest died. So they cut through it. They yeah, cut, they his... cut through the mycelia network, yeah. and the forest didn't know how to survive without Bob. Poor Bob. So it just died. Poor Bob. Uh, <laughs> Hurting Bob. How big do Bob's kind get, though? That's a question we're going to come back to. Okay. Rachel turned me on to the show called The Rig. Mm-hmm. I Skip over this part if you don't want spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for The Rig. The yeah. Rig is literally a show about a gigantic mycelia network living in the ocean underneath mm-hmm. a crust. Mm-hmm. And it's marked every mass extinction event. And humans are drilling into its back. And once they discovered it, they tried to pump chemicals into it to kill it, to get to the oil underneath it. Wow. And it reacted very poorly. It defended itself. And it seemed like it wanted to communicate with people. It was very, I hate the word now because we say it a lot, soft disclosure is for the stuff. It's true, though. But it reacted. It. Uh, what was that, dog Dogland? The thing in Europe, the, the big hundreds of miles that disappeared. Oh, Doggerland, yeah. Doggerland. Yep. And they blamed that. On these people attacking it, and it wiped out an entire landmass. Oh, it was like, screw you. Well, because it, it's the whole ocean. Yeah. The whole bottom of the ocean is this thing. Hmm. So if Bob's, Bob is only 45,000 years old, and he's no, shine, no sign of aging. Is that like approximately, or is that a guess? Or It's a pretty accurate guess just due to the soil that's like above him and below him. You can't like take a piece off him and like age it? They, they kind of can't, but it's constant repairing. It's like that's you. That's true, yeah. Your cells don't last forever, even though you do. Isn't it like seven years? Oh, like, the human so, body is completely replaced every seven years. Yeah, something like except that. Except for brain cells. Oh, okay. Well, some people, I think they do. <laughs> I don't think they replace. They lose. They, they, just, they lose. just lose them, yeah. Uh, so how big? Bob has two sisters that are slightly smaller. One's like 30,000 and one's like 15,000 years old. <laughs> I don't know why that, that's just funny to me, but it's like Bob, he, and then he's got two I, sisters. Yeah. Like, I don't know who named him. Uh, it just is funny to me. <laughs> it is funny, yeah. We're assigning genders to these uh, mushrooms. But what if these titanic organisms that have been reported in history are actually gigantic fungal colonies that react in defensive postures? These valleys that are said you know, to be haunted and stuff like that, what if they're bobs that defend? Literally just like the the ground eating you. Yeah. It's mushroom network underneath. Like literally there was one park I was looking into this research that uh, says it has cannibalistic rock or human eating rocks. But it was just say but when you look into the story, it doesn't talk about rocks. It talks about the ground swallowing you up mm-hmm. and disappearing. Hmm. So what if it's pitfalls? I don't know how animate these mushrooms can be. I could, I mean, if they're smart enough to understand and been around that long, why wouldn't they create little pitfalls like just walk for any creature, like big creature, human or not? But if we not. look at slime molds and stuff like that, some fungi can be highly 
active and maneuverable. Okay, yeah, for sure. So it's not when you think of mycelium, you think of mushroom, you think of something that just sits there like a plant. That's mm-hmm. not true. Mycelia are constantly moving through the mm-hmm. soil, whether it be slow, but then you have much more active fungi. So what if they're gigantic and some of these parts of them are extremely active and almost predatory? I could as see in that. Defensive stuff. I could see that. So going back to our friend the bloop. Oh. What if these titanic organisms can talk? If they aren't touching, they can release sound waves. Because there's evidence to show that, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute, that these fungi can receive radio waves. Yeah, what if it just like got a signal like, uh-oh, there's some divers down here planting bombs mm-hmm. on this pipeline or something. Or they're drilling oil on my back. Or drilling oil on my back, yeah. Literally like, like the rig. And like, it's, a de- it's a defensive sound. Yeah, like, help. Like, or uh, get back, I'm getting mad. Right, yeah. You keep stabbing me with the drill oil, I'm going to get real agitated. Here comes a tsunami. Yeah, literally, that's what the rig. It created mm. a wave big enough to wipe off a continent. Dang. And what it did is literally it cut off a shelf on its back, dropped it, and it pushed a big tidal wave. Smart. I mean, very, it's amazing. I really think that Bob is not the biggest one of his kind. I would imagine not so. Because we, yeah. I just, and he's a type of honey mushroom, which keep in mind, most honey mushrooms are six meters. Yeah, he's not. Not a national forest. Yeah. So imagine what else is just under there. Not just on land, because there's a lot of unexplored lands. But uh, the oceans? whole ocean. Think about the oldest continental plates. Is the ocean? Uh, so most of them are in the ocean right now. Mm. So. It just is crazy to me. Fungi can handle salt water too. Continental plates are mycelia networks. They're just the different whole planet. ones. Yeah, it's just it's hollow Earth, flat Earth isn't real. Both of those aren't real. It's mushroom. It's all a mushroom. It's all a fungi. Mushroom and it's, dirt is just mushroom excrement. That's mm, all it is. Farming. So that's what I got to say about the rig and Bob. But let's get into some more paranormal aspects of mushrooms. Right, as if it isn't already that way. I want to talk about orbs. Ooh, okay. I literally think that some of these orbs may be mushrooms, whether you want to say astral projecting, whether you want to give it that kind of angle, just, that they are pushing their consciousness into our plane to experience what's happening on their back. Just get, Like scouts. Yeah, literally yeah. looking around. So we talk about humans astral projecting. Why can't another consciousness do it? A much older consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and like, that's why you see them in forests and stuff. Like Most of the time, orbs... Or in forest, or in state parks, right, or in yeah. wildlands. Wonder if there's just enough energy there, like buzz around. You know, they get integrate with the trees, all the wildlife and plants. There's so much of that around. It creates that environment or special area to where they can. Pro- it's easy to project consciousness yes. or something. It may be something like that. And they're also producing so much electricity. Yeah. Okay. That they they may be producing plasma. We don't know much about them. They pr- wait. They produce electricity. The electrical like we produce electricity. Okay. Uh, could you harvest that? Probably, but it's not going to be happy about it. Not unless you feed it some like dead no, because that's stuff. that's their nerve system that you're feeding off of. That'd be like you plugging into your brain and that, taking all your impulses away. I'd be like that. The whatever beings are feeding off our energy, like vampires, kind of conscious vampires. We'd be the vampires. Let's take it a step further. Oh man, what if what we consider the fae? are actually the, the projections of fungus. That they're taking some kind of form. That's why they're so weird. That's why they're so it's the way they don't understand us. Like that's why they're fascinated and their tricks may kill us and they don't get why it's bad. Because they live. Yeah. Hmm. They're ancient. And when even when a piece of them dies, it's not a full piece of them. Like right, it's yeah. like they kill their they kill off like they imagine fungi like rip off their own arms all the time to grow somewhere else. Right, yeah. So it's not that big a deal. Bodily harm is not that big a deal to them. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why these fae, when they're jokes and they're playing around, they can react so badly to humans and not seem to be malicious. It's kind of adds up. Well, I got another one for you. It kind of adds up here. Fairy rings, where we say it's to transport us to the fae world. Right. What are fairy rings? They're They're mushroom rings. Right, yeah. Because they grow outwards, right? Yes. Mycelia networks grow in a circle sometimes, and it creates fairy rings. Yep. What if that's their consciousness? That's their way of getting out. They make a spot where they can transport up. Like it's an energy portal. Yes. They're concentrating their energy to project themselves. Oh, my gosh. I might grab my pants. <laughs> but yeah, gateways to the fey realm are fungi. If you look at all across the whole planet, a lot of fungus are related to supernatural and fey. 
or what we'd consider Faye. Now let's go for the, I know that's a lot. I got more. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to absorb all this right now and it's kind of mind-blowing. Isn't but I it? like it. I know. I worked on this pretty good, right? Yeah. Why do the Fae that we think, the supernatural Sasquatch, why do they take that image? Maybe they have a special connection with the Sasquatch, the mushrooms, yeah. the living conscious mushrooms. Maybe they have a special connection with Sasquatch. And when they start projecting, that's one of their favorite forms because it's their friend. What? Whoa, whoa. Okay, too. What if, because we, I don't know, we both believe, you know, there's multiple forms of Sasquatch, kind of what you're talking about, whether it's Faye, then the, the biological versions of Sasquatch. But what if the biological versions of Sasquatch could, uh, I don't know, reach that? consciousness level where they can communicate with these mushrooms together and then what if they're projecting using the mushrooms together and they're projecting what if it's a combination of both it's not just the mushroom it's actually a sasquatch and a mushroom together projecting its self-image hold on to that to the i don't out man that's the red eyes it's a combo i think it's them i think it's the mushrooms themselves putting on the face okay that they're the fae and that's just how they want to look. Like that's they, that's one of their favorites. But there's more connections with normal Sasquatch and them too. Mm-hmm. That they may be what we consider nature guardians. These forest guardians, they may be the actual embodiment of the fungi's will to protect. And that's how they can hide so easily. Ah, okay. That they're producing like the fungus underneath the ground is producing like energy for them to use to hide. And that's why their feet are so big, so they can connect to the ground mm-hmm. better and have a better connection. It's like conduit. It's like flux with uh with a. Uh, uh, soldering you know you need that that good connection so orbs are once again are mostly seen in the forest stuff like that how would they know so much about us how would they know language how would they communicate with us first off they are fungus have been proven to not only receive audio waves us talking and then processing that information they have been seen to res- or res- or, sorry they have been seen to receive radio waves and process that information so since we've been a noisy culture, more and more active fae have come. More and more weird, you know. Right. Like these fae that kind of can talk, they may not understand what they're saying. They're more parroting because we're constantly bombarding them with information about ourselves. Well, like uh, I think George Carlin said it. When did radio waves first come around? Like when we first start... Per, um, the 18, or the 1900s, so late 18s. So literally not that long ago in, yeah. in terms of human... He said, and he's George Carlin said like, you know, before that... It was silence. There was nothing. We weren't putting out any signals like that on a mass scale anyways. So. And now it's just every day, everywhere, 24-7. Before I say this next thing, cryptids before 1900 were relatively biologically sound. Most cryptids before that were animals. Simple. They were just undiscovered animals. Like Mm -hmm. the opi, the rice whale. All these animals, right? You know, are biologically sound, even though they are weird. They have roots in nature. After this time period is when we start getting the freaks, the veggie mans, the flying manta rays, the mothmans. These things that don't make biological sense. What if instead, like we think or we've talked about, instead of being interdimensional creatures, they are just our fungus neighbors trying to explore their environment after receiving information about us. Mm. They may not even know that any of this existed above them. They knew the force they were connected to, and they knew that stuff. But once they started giving radio waves, maybe it sparked their interest, and these are their avatars to explore the environment above us. These weird one-off cryptids are their way of exploring, and they just happen to interact with us. Well, we better be careful about what we're putting on the radio waves or even thinking about anymore. But think of the weird movie-ish monsters. Yeah. Creature with Black Lagoon comes out, and we start seeing reptile guys. You know, mm. it's it's just them trying to explore. And they know a, they're mixing both our radio waves and their understanding of their, bi- of their biology in making these amalgamations to explore the environment. Well, I need to make a call to action right now and stop making Godzilla movies, please, people, now, before, but n- before it happens. But these weird cryptids aren't bad when you well, think yeah, about it. True, true. That's why we need to stop the... The King Kongs and Godzilla. I don't think these are bad entities. I just think they're the ways of exploring their environment using, you know, just using eyes and stuff like that. The glowing red eyes and stuff. They don't know. Hmm. What do you think? Can they possess? What if they're possessing these things too? I don't think so. I, I think they could, but 
that could be an option. I just think it's them literally manifesting. That's how these creatures can appear and disappear with no signs. That's why they're kind of really not there. True, yeah. Makes sense there. As far as them, one moment they're there, then the next moment, they literally, people see them dissolved in nothing. Right, that's what I'm saying. And the weird non-biological activities, like look at the Mothman flying. It had wings. Whatever it was understood, it needed wings to fly, but they never flapped. Mm. They hardly moved. Mm -hmm. And it was flying at great speeds because it's not really there. Right, it's just it's a projection. Psych- a psychic projection using their energy. Oh, man. I told you I had stuff for you didn't even know about. I didn't know about. I did not know about any of this. It's my job. <laughs> well, true it what is. What do you think? I mean, literally, I was like, well, mine, they're all mushrooms. Mine just kind of blown. I mean, it, it all... I will bring it all I, back. They're all mushrooms. UFOs are mushrooms. It's crazy. Bigfoot's a mushroom. Mothman's a mushroom. As crazy as it all might seem or sound, it kind of adds up i know the fairy ring thing is really what i got on the kick about i was like losing my mind yeah because i mean they always talk about fairy rings and we you know what fairy rings are ever africa has story about the the, the, their version of fey folk coming out of fairy rings Uh, china freaking europe u.s uh south america the fungus is the center of paranormal activity yeah pre-1900s and like we know fairy rings are created it's just a mycelia mushroom network circle we know it but, but we don't even know why they grow in those patterns. Yeah, exactly. It may be the, the local colony focusing energy in a point to explore. It might be like a certain frequency that makes it that size or something. Or it's doing it on purpose. Right, it's, yeah. It knows. It, think of a hydron collider. It could, it's literally making its own miniature hydron collider where it to spin energy inside mm-hmm. of itself to push out. Or maybe that's like the frequency that's coming out of the earth in that one spot and it, it matches it and can connect and like magical weird stuff happens where... It can, I don't know, things come out of it. Yeah. Oh, boy. They're all mushrooms. Oh, man. they. I think they are. Now, let's, okay. I have one more thing for you. Or one more little group of talks. Okay. The the psilocybin entities. So we're going to talk about the things that live when people do mushrooms. Specifically, psilocybin, which is the compound found in some species of mushroom that allow people to get very high. There's the psilocybin, and then there's uh, the tryptocybin. No, uh, dimethyltryptamine, the DMT. Yeah, which is in well, DMT is in your. It's in humans right now. It's, it's in, in mushrooms. A lot, a lot of plants, a lot of living things produce DMT, but it's very small. And then like ayahuasca is the big yeah, one. Don't that do ayahuasca. Talk, that people talk about ayahuasca fries your nerve endings. But I've heard people talking about we entities don't, they meet while yeah, doing that. Yeah, and, I'm sure it does. But I want to say this. We don't condone any drugs on the show. Oh, no, no, no. Specifically, mushrooms out of this little list we just gave is probably the the best for your health out of them, but none of them are good. You're, the, uh, psilocybin and stuff can affect your neural pathways, both positively and negatively. Oh, yeah. But it can be irreversible damage to your brain. Right. Well, uh, any, any drugs. Any of them. Yeah. And I'm just saying, I want to make yeah. that very clear, but we're about to talk about psilocybin entities. So these entities, these people are experiencing, seem to have consciousness, mm-hmm. and not only consciousness, they seem to be able to answer questions and information that the person that's high does not have, is not privy to. Uh, my example I always give is if you meet one of these entities, ask them for a dentist office address in Australia, uh, but don't do it because everybody knows it from right, Finding Nemo. Right, not that specific question. But uh, no, something like that where like you don't know, pick a country, pick something like a doctor's office. And say, I want that address. I do have a little story, like a personal experience with that, that I knew. Um, someone, it was a counselor I was talking to, did ayahuasca, at the, one of these retreat things. And they asked, they would came in contact with a being that they talked to, you know, for advice and things like that. And they brought m- me up and asked a question about me. And the thing answered and it said stuff about me that I never told them and that it, she knew because she told me that that's what it said. And it was right. See? And that's now insane. Not insane, but crazy. When you get me. into these states, I think some of the entities you could be talking to are the actual fungus themselves. And I want to go through because I think there's also demonic entities in there hidden too. Ooh, do you think there's demonic mushrooms? I don't think so because I think that's putting a human trait, like good versus evil. Well, demonic ain't really human, though. No, but demonic is pure evil. That's a human construct. That's a human thing. 
I don't think these things have that. I don't think it's good or evil. I think they are all about balance. Like they would wipe out mankind well, yeah, like if it meant balancing the environment. Yeah. But I mean, they wouldn't do it because they hate mankind. It's just a simple like a computer doing it. Like, okay, to fix the environment, you eliminate a- the problem. AI. But that could be demonic. Could demonic entities take over? AI, yes. No, mushrooms, not a- no. Not AI. Mushrooms, yeah. No. Oh, so that's the balance. Maybe that's how we need to start creating AI. So let's let's talk about these psilocybic entities before we okay, get, get there. Okay, okay, okay. The, these the some of these seem to be very very excited to meet you. They seem to not like they didn't know how to contact you either, but they're excited to talk to another conscious entity. So let's do a quick throwback to the beginning of the episode, how we started it out. We're glad you're here. Come, Come stay, stay a while. while. You can make shapes and sounds with your mind. Transitions with a smile. Close. You can make shapes and objects with your sounds. Transmissions from a smile. See, so it's them talking about intent, being able to create stuff in this little in-between world. Yeah, I think that's them. I think it's partially it's their consciousness, and they're excited to meet another conscious being. So yeah, like these beings that people see when they're on mushrooms. Some of like, them, I think, yeah. are the the fungus consciousness. Yeah, I think they are a conscious neighbor, and they kind of know that we exist. Like we kind of know they exist. But communication is impossible in the normal realm. Because they can't, they don't have mouths and that, they can't and communicate I think, like we do. Yes, I think, and their thought form is so slow compared to ours because they live such a longer time. Oh, in, in terms and, of that, yes, yes. And it's hard for them to rationally, it's hard for them to even think of us, like to see us, because we're constantly buzzing. We're right. constantly moving. We're constantly, we die and live in such short amounts of time compared to them. Right, yep. And they live, they live such a long, long time. And their consciousness is so spread out. Hmm. It's very alien in that aspect. Not in, as in from another planet, but in the, our biologies are so different that it's hard for us to contact each other. Right. Hmm. So I think this little in between is where they slow down enough, and we speed up, and our we we slow down enough, and they speed up enough to have these short conversations. But they are privy to all this information we're shooting across the radio waves. Every bit of information is in the atmosphere, is being right. spread around, mm-hmm. and they're also receiving it. So they may not understand the information per se, but when you ask them for this doctor's office in Romania, they can throw you that. It's you like, know, oh, yeah, it's the, they, this is I, it. Yeah, this is, this is your, your address. Yeah. So the experiment that some people do is write down this stuff and see what happens. But they just seem to be, some people think they're actually contacting aliens when you know this, and I kind of think they're half right. That they are contacting a form of alien. I mean, people are definitely seeing something because but there's I, so many accounts of people talking about what they're seeing. I do think there is evil things that use this way too. Oh, for sure. Uh, so here's my kind of thing: if this thing doesn't want to do any, like, doesn't want to influence your life in any way, shape, or form, doesn't seem like that. Just seems like it wants to talk to you. It may be okay. It's just there. It's just there. If it's but the other ones seem to want to influence you, want you to do things. You know, want yeah. Like there are people that break their brains on mushrooms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and you so it's a way we don't advise doing any of it. Um, this gave me a thought, though, kind of relates to the babble. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they say about you know like a minute in heaven is like what like uh, so many years on Earth? Whatever. They don't directly ever say it, but, but it talks about God's time is not Earth's time is not man's time. Right? Yeah, yeah. So what? What if? Oh uh, gosh, you're gonna say God's a fungus? What? Well, no, I have like, that. I have that. Not not clip. Per, not particularly that, but like you know people. Saying you know and you know heaven time moves a lot slower, just like mushrooms, you know whatever. However, they're living their life cycle, maybe time. And when once you get in these states, whether right, you're matching their time. Yeah, it's a different state of consciousness. I think you both are. Yeah, you're on a different plane, kinda. So the time's not relevant anymore. So you can communicate freely. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, on on this plane, how we exist currently. Oh, that's why the bloops. Sound or call is it's so like sixteen minutes yeah, long, drawn way yeah. out. It's actually just saying, "Hey, it's a giant deep ocean fungal colony that can defend itself, and that's why the Antarctic Treaty exists." And it's because underneath the whole ice sheet that was warm at one time is a gigantic fungal colony mm. that can become very irritated. It's literally just going, "Hey," and but it's drawn like back out for off. sixteen minutes, and not even that. Just I think going, it's saying, hey. like, "Back off!" Whoa. That's what it's saying. And, yeah. But it's so long drawn out. It's its time. Yeah, because there's oil under there and stuff like that. So it's weird why nobody's drilling for it yet. Uh, because there's actually a giant entity that lives under the ice sheet that can <laughs> wipe out our life on the planet. Yeah, and it knows. And it knows. Yeah, don't don't, don't drill there. Yeah. It's, it's been done before. That's why It's weird. I'm telling you. That's what happened to I the I think Great they're Pyramids. all fungus. I think it connects a lot of dots. 
Oh, man. It does. It really does. Oh, I think I'm insane. We're going to have to start putting these dots together. Where's my red string? I just draw a big circle around a mushroom and say, there it is. Yeah, exactly. The, the short version. If you shoot it and it doesn't die, it probably goes in that circle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But then going to, I mean, maybe not the modern day UFOs we're talking about, but some UFOs could either be these projections or literally flesh and blood fungi flying around. I do think that. Yeah. I think they've taken over every environment on the planet secretly, not secretly, secretly, but they've always been here. Yeah. They've survived every mass extinction with little to no effect. They were the trees before trees. Literally, like some of the, uh, the, yeah, yeah, they were trees before trees. They were the trees took them over. They ate them. They were the dirt before mud. They were the dirt before mud. That is <laughs> I don't even know what that Jay means. Jay saying. Yeah, there you go. Well, I don't know. They're all fungus. Yeah, they are. Hmm. They're, I mean, they are everywhere. We even had that one NASA study. They found them in the upper atmosphere. They're in the upper atmosphere. They're yeah. in the bottom of the ocean. They're on high, or thermal vents in the ocean. They're in the atmosphere. They're in the Himalayan mountains. We found them in Antarctica. There's a type of fungus that grows only in the ice in Antarctica. They're in cow poop. They're yeah. Literally everywhere. But could you imagine the fungus that figured out how to grow in the giant ice sheet where nothing lives? Yeah, that'd be quite a tough task. But I got it. no competition. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, a fungus true. that lives in sub zero temperatures most of the year and is okay. I wonder what it feeds off of. It, I'm going to assume dust particles, like the dust particles that get landed there from the snow. <laughs> yeah, dust and ice. It's literally just eating ice shavings. I, I, it's crazy. Yeah. No, and it is. What if the observation tower that's in Antarctica underneath the like mile of ice, that was still the scariest thing. I would do it, but I would be claustrophobic the whole time. Yeah. That would be so scary. But what if that's just watching the giant colony to see how it reacts? I think some of these giant mushrooms can be animate. There's stories of whole valleys swallowing people. You know, there's these stories of these giant cataclysmic events that are caused by what seems to be land. Yeah. So what if it's this? What if it's these gigantic sentient fungal colonies that when they've had enough they react right what if they're causing mudslides what if they're causing avalanches what if they're causing earthquakes and i think they're not good or bad i just think they reaction the reactionary right or, you know you keep fracking here if and you then, keep messing with them yeah. you keep destroying the their environment or themselves they defend yeah they defend what's on their back they defend the stuff they take care of it really giant uh, like i said giant mushroom bob literally kills off diseases that try to invade his forest yeah it's even some evidence suggests he's trimming uh, invasives oh that's kind of cool that he doesn't want him yeah like uh-uh but every squirrel, red jimmy squirrels get out of here but i'm we're talking about invasive plants like, <laughs> literally yeah. starving invasive plants they yeah. can't get a foothold like uh what's a cuts cuts yeah in the, the parasitic vines what's he literally called? makes kudzu kudzu vines he, uh he literally makes antibodies to help them fight these diseases and parasites off Whew. he's a living intelligent biochemistry lab i want a bob in my backyard they're there Ooh, i need to i need to start communicating with him help me build my homestead i kind of think that there's more bobs than people realize mm. i think bob himself is just a little close to the surface we need to connect we need to connect with bobs I'm and telling his, you and his sisters I don't think Bob's the biggest one, though. I do think some of probably the, these giant ones, like in the rig, are in the ocean. What would they be called? What's their name? Let's give them a name. Uh, Cledence. What? That's not know. even a real name. Yeah, why should a mushroom have a human name? Cledence? Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> Cledence Clear Creek Revival. None of those were right. Or Revival was right, I think. What is it, then? Cledence Wait, okay. I say Clear Creek Revival. Not clear. It's Clear Water. I think Clean or I can't even say it now. Creedence Clear Water Revival. I, I don't think. think that's right either. Not, I think you're wrong. It's not Clear Creek. I know that. Creedence Clear Water Revival. So, what's your overall thought on this? I think. Did this I do is, a good job painting the picture? Yeah, I think we're opening a door here that it just it needs to be explored. Like seriously, it needs to be explored. Like I don't know how this may be my favorite episode we've ever done. It's been a pretty good one. It's been pretty good. We need to, uh, I don't get a scientific grant here. You know anybody? Actually, I do. We need to start exploring this. I'll do. I'll do. I'm not a mycologist, though. We don't need to be. You don't need to be that to explore these things. We're exploring the relationship with I, mushrooms. I, I told you, I knew somebody, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that may have lied on a grant to get eel pheromones. Hmm. That Jimmy guy is like. Jimmy see. was great. Yeah, he is. No, but yeah, I think I think there's some real bones here. I think so too. I think so too, and some uh, 
there's some there's some mycelia structure to this story. Mm-hmm. I think we need a mushroom for the podcast studio. I Remember, so make me somebody make me a hat. How can you? Yeah, how can we have like a little mushroom? Like we can grow them on the wall. Like we can literally make like a planter box for them. Let's do it. Do you need cow dung? No, okay, not those good. kind. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, we don't want those here. Yeah, no, I, I just uh, something like even uh, I'm trying to think. Pine mushrooms are kind of big, easy to grow. Okay. They're just like big, tall, white mushrooms. Yeah, we need that. Bring it to the show. Uh, am, uh, I'm trying to remember the am. I can. I just said it right at the top of the show. The amaryllia, the amaryllia mushrooms, the big red and white ones. Yep. Uh, reindeer get addicted to them. Oh my gosh! And I was literally listening to a guy that was in, I think he was in Greenland or Iceland, one of them that has whatever one has reindeer, and they ate some of the mushrooms. And mush, they literally when they go out to the yurt at night to pee. They would not. The reindeer would knock you over to get to your urine because it had this smell they were addicted to. Wow! So they're so addicted to these mushrooms. That's pretty much all they're eating in the winter. Yeah, it's these mushrooms. Yeah. So, but it it becomes addictive. I could see that. So yeah. literally, these reindeer would come out of nowhere, knock you over to get to your pee. So they could talk to these mushrooms in their whatever world they're going to. Or the mushrooms are controlling them. Ooh! So they can spread caribou. They're the second longest distant uh, or second animal. The second longest distance runner of any animal on the planet. Mm. You know who the first is? Humans. Human, human beings. Yeah. We used to run from everything. And she just run exhaust animals. Down. Yeah, yeah. We used to exhaust animals. Run them down and spear them to death. Yeah. So, it's easy to do. Like, yeah, if you're in shape. I mean, when a mammoth passes out, you know, you just got to sit there and go stabby stab stab. Yeah, about 800 times. All right. So that's pretty much all I got for you. Anything else to add before we wrap this up? No, this has been great. This has been fun. I hope this uh, opened a lot of minds out there, you know, maybe activated your third eye. Oh, gosh. Don't activate your third eye. <laughs> Gives you the runs. Yeah. I have been the great and powerful mystery. And I've been Java Bean J. <laughs> Together with Crits of Corn Podcast. Mycelia Network out. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn Podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there's always extra content on Patreon slash CripsOfTheCorn.com. And don't forget, stay magical. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.